Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts, Justine Brubelard, Serena Dixon, and Allison Weaver. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. Now for a few introductions. Justine. Hey. So I've been involved in digital media and production since 2007. I just love the art of story in all its stages and forms, writing, crafting, capturing, tweezing a good story into something magnificent that just grips you is just chef's kiss. Serena? Uh, As a content creation enthusiast, I thrive on creating engaging social environments centered around entertaining and meaningful media. Taking advantage of another avenue of entertainment, my aim is to share the things I enjoy with others as a genuine expression of interest, regardless of the current trends. Continuity and accuracy are two things that further drive my enthusiasm in sharing content with others. Um, I enjoy inspiring others to showcase their dreams. As a producer, innovator, and educator, I have worked in show business in various capacities since 2002 and still enjoy spending time in my studio dreaming up beats. When I'm not working, you'll often find me biking, drinking tea, traveling, and living life to the fullest. On this week's episode, we will be critiquing The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Episode 1 and 2 by Amazon. As our show will feature a lot of critiques, we also want to ensure that we provide possible solutions or suggestions for how different improvements could have been made and praise things that went well. We aim to be balanced and thorough. Check out our Patreon for exclusive subscriber benefits and merch if you like what you hear. Our link is available in our show notes. Now, without further ado, let's dive into our discussion. The show does a lot of nods to other TV shows and movies. So like a, we're, we're nodding to the original Lord of the Rings. We're, we're nodding to some Game of Thronesy action with like going through the map, even the... The credit sequence is very Game of Thronesy to me. I appreciate all the nods, but I, I'm also like, where's where's the spark of this is its own thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that that oh, well, I'm not sure, but I, I'm hoping that that will come more as the show progresses. Where it's like, okay, the beginning is just like a lot of like paying homage to shows that have come before that mm. have influenced the different um, writers, editors, producers, directors. Mm. And so like, I can appreciate that. And I appreciate that as I see it throughout with the credit sequence, um, a lot of like the shot composition with the big like aerial dives and the reveals around around cliffs and like, ooh, there's a waterfall and there's these cool yeah, angles. Yeah. It's like, um, it's all things that I'm like, oh yeah, that, that looks cool. But I'll just, just like, you know, the, the one shot from this movie or the one shot from that yeah, show, yeah. like, you know? Um, so I find that like nice, but at the same time, like a little bit like waiting for more. And the editing and camera work is really disjointed at times so the first scene where we're introduced to Galadriel the editing of the sequence of events Mm. I was actively watching that scene like oh oh I would I would do this differently 
Um, I, I don't know what all they were working with, but as the voiceover leads into the scene, uh, talking about how they had light before, before the dawning of the first sun, that's probably where I would have revealed the trees. And we mm. could have revealed them at like a different angle again at the end, if you wanted it to line up with the narration at the end, where they're like, we thought our light and our happiness would be unending, you know? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Justine. Uh, let's hear from Serena. What were your, some of your thoughts about editing camera? I'm sure you have a lot of them. Um, <laughs> at least for the first episode, um, I did not enjoy the first episode <laughs> mm. much at all. Um, did anyone? I don't think many people did. <laughs> I, I haven't uh, seen a lot of feedback online of people liking it, but me personally, the first episode did not feel like its own thing. Um, going with what Jesse had said, it felt very reminiscent of prior successful series like Harry Potter and the original mm. Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. It was it was pulling from all these already successful franchises mm-hmm. and, and series and not making its own uh, mark and, and it finding its own identity. And there was this... I, I, I wish they had spent more time in the first episode explaining... A little bit more of the first age and and what got them to you know why mm-hmm. I don't know it just felt very rushed mm-hmm. um as far as editing um it wasn't super jarring for me the one moment that stood out that didn't match up at all was Gladriel's speech at the mm. beginning mm-hmm. it did not match up with the visuals they were showing and that mm-hmm. that was a bother. Mm-hmm. I will say that the second episode, which was much stronger than the first, I'm not overly excited about the show mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have a lot of reservations about it. It only has eight episodes. On one hand, I'm happy about that. On the other hand, I'm like, well, <laughs> what are you going to do in eight episodes? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it almost doesn't feel like Lord of the Rings. At the, at the same time, like there's some things in the second episode, like uh, getting to see Casa Doom was really cool. Um, I was enjoying more time with the Harfoots. I was mm-hmm. actually like at first I didn't like them. Um, and then as we spent more time with them, um, I was actually really enjoying the whole sequence and wanting to know more of what was going on. But um, the most glaring thing for me was definitely that that beginning speech that they used Mm. in the trailer it just didn't match Mm. as you both have said like yeah I felt like I was watching something I've already seen um additionally I think you know when they go when they're trying to send Galadriel over to Valinor again that like white light thing with the like (laughs) I don't know why it was so Mm. overexposed like I felt a lot of things were really either overexposed or underexposed with the CGI um Mm. personally I would have preferred to have more of a natural effect like where you actually feel like you're in a natural place rather than such an ethereal Mm. glow I would say that would be more of a like a design choice when it comes to the elves 
um, and how they did the CGI and their and also their um, filters with edits. Um, the second thing that I had a little bit of, of issue with is like the main characters plot lines are going really fast. And then everybody else's characters, like Harfoots and whoever else, are kind of like going slower. So like it's like this whole mm-hmm. speed up, slow down, slow. I'm like, wow, why don't we go uh, and emphasize certain things rather than having a, a hurried pl- like visual for certain people? And I want to just share one other thing. One thing I really appreciated about episode two was that orc death scene because mm-hmm. I felt that Nazanin. Uh, really did well and the way that it was cut really felt similar Mm -hmm. to a quiet place to me and I was like thank you so much for having a nice horror edit there it just kind of felt it was very different from what what Bayona had done earlier in the take in the takes with his Mm -hmm. choices but I felt that that was something that gives me some hope about what they are capable to do um later on and hopefully they can have more continuity between the scenes especially the feels of the scenes I know we're going between different worlds but I felt that there was a lack of some continuity between the speed the pacings the you know the the overall camera feel um, felt a little bit disjointed like just seemed same. now if I were to do it differently myself I just give one example for example in the Bronwyn Arondir thing that that was pretty slow but then when they started to go to that uh that the that town that got all bombed out so to speak then things started moving really fast i wish that the pace would have been more even between the two and that we would have gotten to get to know certain character traits of those two characters before they're suddenly thrown into this like emergency situation for example visually Mm -hmm. um that would have been uh Helpful. Now, the next section we're going into is sound. The one thing that always it, it's it's on the actor side of it more than the the sound the sound technicians. Um, but <laughs> there's too much emphasis on the elvish words. Mm. Like they go mm. from regular English. And then they like roll their R's so hard. And then they go back to regular English. And I'm like, why are you trying so hard? <laughs> Just say it. It, it doesn't come off as natural um, the, way, the way that the cast of Lord of the Rings did. They would just slip into speaking Elvish words. Even if it was a name, it was just, they would just say it like it was natural. Like you would say anybody's name. Mm-hmm. Um. There's been a lot of issues with a lot of things lately with where the dialogue is really quiet and then the action's really loud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I hate that. It drives me nuts. <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, we weren't fumbling with the, uh, the volume every five minutes at least, but um, like wow. I said, my biggest complaint is how the dialogue is is delivered mm-hmm. but that probably doesn't go under sound but we'll get um, there we'll get there <laughs> the sound levels not being equal between dialogue and action that yeah. that needs to be fixed across the, the industry board. <laughs> i agree with that i think as a sound person i notice every sound every little thing and so i am i guess i'm more picky when in that area 
and I know it's TV, so TV usually gets like, you know, Pass. a hodgepodge of people working on it and that are may have different levels of experience because that's where people start out. So I'm going to give them some credit that some of them haven't had, maybe, maybe haven't had as much of like this scale of experience. We're going through all these locations, places, this and that, trying to deal with room tone and everything. But I, I really had trouble with the levels. As Serena said, I, I have, I was listening to it on a five point system. So it's not like I was listening on some cheap system and I still, I was very frustrated that they kept like trying to emphasize the, 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 like the horror or the battle, like, you know, battle noise that rather than emphasizing moments that are more important. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that, for example, is like, I want to feel in the sound, I want to feel the struggle that the characters are having. Instead of giving me a lot of grunt noises or, uh, you know, the, you know, just usual folly, like grunt noises, footsteps, like gasp, this, this, and this. Also, what I would really appreciate, and I don't know if they had time for this, is to is to emphasize some some of the pain in the sound design. So for example, adding adding different sounds in the lower levels that you can't really hear very well that would emphasize mm -hmm, suffering. Mm -hmm. Like you know how you add a blender at the at the bottom of a track, right? Or like a really low heartbeat. That's, that's right. Just heartbeats, a little fast. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Heartbeats, mm -hmm. breaths, um, the not yeah. gasp of breaths, but little breaths. Um yeah. maybe like um and this this is not on the actors either. This this can be added. Yeah. I want to feel the tension more. The other thing that that I would have really appreciated, for example, is with the soundtrack. If the soundtrack would have would have felt more uh, integrated. That's right. More integrated, and also there would be more continuity between the sound department and the music department. It. I like moments where it's almost silent sometimes, and then mm -hmm. you you feel this like actual room tone of the place. Mm -hmm. And then you can, you can kind of savor the sound a little bit more. Now, obviously mm -hmm. this is TV and TV, I call it the munchies because it's, it's always just like chips <laughs> for the people. Um, but I do respect the sound designer as a designer and I've heard her other stuff. Well, I'm talking about the main designer. There were other people involved mm -hmm. but um mm -hmm. there there seemed to be some kind of restraint and I think maybe that was due to the production schedule um but I didn't feel like I could enter sonically into the the universe as easily in episode one and two except for a few scenes where I really kind of felt that they were trying to emphasize something um now again I hope that this kind of develops. I hope that this was kind of like their early stages and they worked it out uh, throughout, but that's just uh, some of my thoughts right now. I do hope that Amy and, and all the others in the sound department that I do respect uh, will continue to develop as the season goes on in terms of being able to be creative. And that might have also been a director choice. So we'll see. The soundtrack does not stand out to me. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, like, thinking about really famous 
you know, stories and shows like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, you, you're pulled to hear the, the, the music. Like, you, mm-hmm. it's not forgettable. Whereas mm-hmm. this show, it's like, the only thing I ever noticed was a couple of things that sounded familiar to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And the rest of it, I'm just like, I'm not even listening for it because it doesn't evoke anything, really. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack with the Lord of the Rings, it just you grabbed you. And you were you like, can't oh, ignore it. Yeah. where can I buy that? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. that? That kind of soundtrack and even Game of Thrones, you, you can't ignore the music. It just adds so much to that work that with the, with so far with this, it's not really, unless the whole scene is really quiet and it's really making you listen to the music, I'm not noticing it. Mm, yeah, like it's, with, it's not with as the Cause of Doom. Others. When, the, when they're showing you Cause of Doom and it's really quiet and you're not, you're really just hearing some background noise with the dwarves uh, leading Elrond through to where Prince Durin is, that and the, the whole tunnel sequence. Mm-hmm. I don't really notice the music when they're talking or when there's action. Yeah, and I don't know how the rest of the episodes will be musically, but yeah, I totally agree. Um, Justine? Yeah, no, I completely agree with everything you guys have said. The I, as you know, am a fa- am a fan of like the little sounds, kind of like you said, adding like the little heartbeats yes. that people don't like think about, but like subconsciously like grabs them. And in just in different scenes, um, there's sounds that I feel like were there, but maybe could have been there more. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like, you know, when um, the boys sneak into the barn and there's like chickens all around, you could hear them, but you can like barely hear them. Yeah. And I feel like they took sound, they took like, ambient noises that were in areas and they made them almost subconscious sounds and I feel like if they had amped those up and actually make it ambient noise that it would it would do it would go a long way to pulling you into the environment Mm -hmm. and I just noticed like while watching it like a lot of the different shots like things are really windy like uh, when they're in the the elven tower like, and you know, you could see like all that lovely green screen of everything around. Right. <laughs> like, it would be really windy there and you could see yes. their hair like flying about, it but like there's no, there, and there is, there is a little bit of like wind sound. Um, but it, again, it's like, it's so low. Like I, I right. want, I want to feel want more like I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to feel the environment they're mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they they did a good job of like sometimes of like capturing those noises because like if you if you look for them and you listen for them and you're like oh I want to hear that you could hear it but it's like it's so subtle unless you're actually like hunting for it you you don't even notice it yeah let's move on to the next segment which is lighting um, I know that <laughs> we all had some thoughts about lighting during our pre episode. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll start with Serena because Justine just shared so go ahead Serena I will say that I really like so far my favorite group to be with which is this is funny because I didn't enjoy it at first 
the Harfoots. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the lighting they used mm. for uh, when Nori and her friend were with oh, the stranger yeah. in the middle of the night with mm-hmm. the, the lanterns, the fireflight lanterns. Mm-hmm. I really like that soft light. And when that, the stranger, the way they, they, the lighting and the visuals for that was just, was really fascinating. And it just, mm-hmm. that pulled me in more than the initial introduction. The way they did the whole uh, the thing with the fireflies, how they used the fireflies, like I know it's CGI and all that, but when you're with the Harfoots, it's a stronger emphasis on natural lighting. Mm-hmm. Yes, it feels. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Whereas, like the elves and the dwarves, oh. is very artificial. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> especially with the dwarves. <laughs> the, dwarves. the light with the dwarves is. You know, even when the, with the shot with the tree from Linden, I think I had that right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just looks like a LED light that they just stuck there. Yes, it was an LED um, light. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just it just looks like it's artificial light, and with the mm-hmm. with a lot of the elven stuff, it's it's so CGI heavy. Plastic lighting <laughs> <laughs> that it just it doesn't feel realistic but then you go to the the harfoots and they're all outside they're all nomadic and they're they they live on the land and it it feels that way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i mean the the humans kind of have that same vibe but uh the harfoots really stand out to me compared to the other two main races of the dwarves and the elves it's just like you feel real mm, mm, the other two mm. do not it looks artificial mm-hmm. yeah just seem you want to go next because i have a lot to say on this <laughs> i'm <laughs> holding myself back yeah. sure yeah i'll start with an appreciation <laughs> good you i appreciate that they <laughs> tried to make each um setting feel different with the lighting it rotates with the setting, but also with the race that they're emphasizing in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have a real problem with the how, and that's that's the only way I could think of it as is how plastic the uh, oh yes the elvish scenes are and Valinor, and I I feel like it was is a purposeful decision. It grates on me a little bit, but I know it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't bug me nearly as much as it bugs you um <laughs> and similar to what serena said like i you guys know from from the moment <laughs> we chatted about episode one before i uh i'm here for the heart but because i i'm just a fan of i'm a fan of the lighting of those scenes i'm mm-hmm. a fan of the race itself i'm a fan of their lifestyle exhibit what I've been doing this last year <laughs> um, you can relate I, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm I'm a fan of the construction hydraulics movement yeah we're gonna talk et cetera, about that et cetera. I'm so excited <laughs> but take it yeah. away with your lighting analysis okay lighting so uh, ladies and gentlemen you're gonna have to pardon me for <laughs> being extremely critical of their lighting uh, for certain things. I will first start with some positives. 
So like when when Bronwyn and Arondi are going to the tunnel thing, the use of torches was grand. Thank you so much for being natural. I love that. Carfoots, I was a fan mostly of their lighting because there was all that lantern use, the simple lighting. It was not trying to achieve too much, just kind of giving you what was needed and done. And I really, this is my personal preference. So all due respect to the gaffer. Uh, I prefer to see livable light. Does that make sense? I want to feel that I'm inside mm -hmm. of your world. I want to not feel like I'm outside of your world. Now, occasionally you can have a nice design choice where it feels fake and it's meant to be fake for a reason, like for a specific mm -hmm. plot point, for a specific idea. And so I don't know what the design choices were for some things, but I'm gonna just highlight two things because we're nearly out of time. The first one is when um, Galadriel is at her brother's memorial. The carvings mm -hmm. were beautiful. Like, and I was first drawn into the carvings, but then I was immediately taken out of the scene because it felt like there was just like this like random amber LED going on. And then the blue, like that light blue arch lighting, I was like, what on earth is going on? Because they had those little lanterns lighting the pathway, right? And I know they were trying to use moonlight gel or it felt like they were trying to use moonlight, Moscolux moonlight, but the problem was it felt so bright. If it's gonna be a nighttime scene, I don't really, I get really taken out of it when it seems to be really bright. And like, it felt very gaudy, very Epcot. That was my opinion of it. I would have preferred if, for example, you could have, they could have used more of the, uh, you know, lantern effects, maybe have some twinkle lights kind of thing going on. Even a scrim would be great. You know, one of those like starlight scrims that you can use. Mm -hmm. Cause I felt like this one was filmed in the studio. I definitely didn't feel didn't feel natural it felt like she was almost in a dream maybe maybe that was an intentional design choice but I just couldn't I couldn't connect to the elven scenes and then also the during the Durin the two Durins mm -hmm. the position of light was very strange like okay you want to have a little like you know a lamp right but why is the position of light coming from somewhere else or or like, you know, sometimes they would have those mirrors, you know, when they're outside in the uh, walking along that, you know, the, tr the bridge, right? Mm -hmm. In Casa Doom, like sometimes you could actually see the, the mirrors for the light. Like, and so it's like, okay, yeah, I understand that you were looking for shafts of light. That's great. But it felt very, I guess it felt a little bit overdone, especially when you're having these side lights, you know, for the houses the the candlelight it's hard to focus on your main idea with your lighting mm -hmm. does that make sense like I prefer when when things are highlighted a little bit better and I also prefer a more natural feel now again I could understand if they wanted it to feel fake for a design choice but I think it's a little bit too fake if that makes sense because um, mm, there's and tasteful fake and then there's something that feels too fake. Now, I hope, I've seen episode three and I know that a lot of their budget went into the Numenor set, but I'm still having trouble with continuity between the directors and also lighting specifically. Just doesn't mm -hmm. feel 
doesn't feel to me like I can enter it mentally as easily. Now, of course, most people won't notice that. So um, that's just me. But I think they could do a little bit more with the different environments that they have and balance their budget out between the different sets a little bit more. Seemed like they really were trying to highlight Numenor's to put tons of money into it. Like balance, you know? All right, now we're gonna move to use of prop and then we're gonna talk about script, line, genre, character, acting, stunts, and direction, which is probably our biggest one to talk about. So use mm -hmm. of props, does anyone wanna say anything about use of props? Besides that some of them were styrofoam, which I didn't like. <laughs> um <laughs> I noticed, uh, maybe it was me, maybe it wasn't, but I noticed with the dagger that Gladriel carries, mm -hmm. they'll put emphasis on it and then it'll disappear. It's like, right. where did her dagger go? <laughs> so like um, in episode two uh, with the water, she had the dagger in her hand and then she got pushed in the water and it's like well wouldn't your dagger flown out of your hand into the ocean and then see you later right or see you never yeah like <laughs> and i'm just like how'd she suddenly have her dagger back <laughs> like that doesn't make any how are you sense swimming with it? <laughs> Daddy, it's okay. sorry my fiance's cat is very upset today <laughs> Um, but that was the biggest thing I've noticed. I was like, mm, there's so many continuity of props. <laughs> there's mm -hmm. there's some lack of continuity with this prop. <laughs> and I don't like that. Because I'm because you made an emphasis for it, so I'm gonna be looking for it. If I don't see it, I'm gonna be wondering why it's not there. <laughs> when I yeah, should be able point. to see it. That's a good point. Was there anything else you wanted to highlight about props? Because obviously we liked the hard foot reveal. That was cool. Hydraulics and stuff. Was there anything else? Mm, that was the only real thing that stood out to me from episode two. I don't remember anything of major significance with the first episode. Um, because we were just jumping around all over the place. Yeah yeah well we know she still has it because it's important right it didn't go anywhere it just maybe dissolved or became invisible for a moment yeah oh, no, like maybe. one of those video games you just zoop it into your little backpack i can carry three <laughs> invisible items <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i have i have two comments about the props so sometimes i was very happy to see it like in harvard scenes for example in bronwyn's apothecary that was cool um like also when she was giving mm -hmm. the fire what's it called the fire seed or something to rondier like mm -hmm. that was pretty significant use of props i loved how they highlighted that she was a healer um i also liked the uh, when when there were some of the later scenes when for example with rondier's uh bow like, although the bow continuity was not that great, uh, I'm sorry. I did like that the the different weaponry that Arandir has, that the other different races has, especially the dwarf helmets. I would count that mm -hmm. into prop category because it's not constantly with them. 
Hammer of Feanor was super cool. Thank you mm -hmm. guys. I love that little reference that you you made. Uh, so overall, the prop department, my biggest my biggest problem was with styrofoam. I think that takes you know, for example, mm -hmm. the crown of the older Durin. Oh yeah, please change. The um, Thank you so much. That, that and those uh, mask things that the 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 kids, kids yeah. are wearing those <laughs> are heads. cute those are funny but at the same time it's like that's so fake <laughs> that's, that's yeah, unbelievably like, fake it's a little too fake so i think the weaponry by Wida always appreciate them uh, except for the swords okay why is she carrying a huge sword on this adventure seriously wouldn't you want a lighter sword for your expedition into the north freezing cold i don't know maybe they're just extra <gasps> yes like i don't think a two-handed battle sword is going to cut it to be honest so mm -hmm. there were things like that we don't have more time to talk about that because we're going to spend a lot of time talking about script use of line genre character acting stunts and direction in a minute but overall i did appreciate the pop department as usual from wida from their partners Thank you, Wida Digital. Really always appreciate what you do. And uh, we'll see what they can come up with next. And I think that's my least of my concerns for this film. They certainly put enough time and money into it. We'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. This episode was produced by Alma Pictures and Baker Street. Join us next week for the next episode of our podcast. Thank you. Merci. Gracias. Gracias. Danke. And have a great week.